Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q. It's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. Great deals to be had, too. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. We're going to have Mr. Knopp on today, huh? We are. He's back. He is back. About time. Great to have him back. A lot to talk about. I mean, a lot to talk about. Uh... It'll be great to have a conversation with somebody and not have to bring up Carson Wentz. All right, so... Um, yes, I agree. I mean, you know you're depressing the passengers, right? Um, some, yes. Some may agree. <laughs> and some might think I'm totally insane, which is fine. Or enough a little of bit of the, all of them. Enough of what the suit thinks. All right. <laughs> Why is insane? Oh, boy. Forever haunted by 297. Three lonely pins just sitting there from immortality. I think he gave up the game, didn't he? No. <laughs> no, just kidding. All right. Uh, boy, a lot of places to go today. So let's start with this. Uh, we are going to have Mark Brennan on the show today. We're going to do that. Greg Pickle on the show today. Going to do that. Tony Knopp today as well. So we got a lot going on there. So we'll talk about Tim Banks going to Tennessee. We'll get into that. And then, but there are a couple things. Number one, I made the point. There's so much player independence these days, as we all know, on the collegiate level. I mean, you want to transfer? I mean, it's really interesting. Justice Suing is coming in here on Thursday night for Ohio State, and I think he's the glue to what they do. Uh, And he transferred from Cal, and he did it the old-fashioned way. He sat out a year. (laughs) It's like, it's looking around, it's like, I had to sit out a year? Everybody else, like, just walks on campus. I can play now, right? Yeah. I said that there's going to come a point, because we've seen a lot of players opt out of bowl games. And this really started with Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. And now you have people, now to me, Old, maybe it's the old-fashioned view. A bowl game is not just a reward. I think a bowl game is an important game because you are now matched up against somebody else that also had a really good season, and it's usually a pretty good game. 
yet the world now refers to them as worthless exhibitions. Really? Okay. I said it's going to get to the point because obviously the opt-outs of bowl games have increased over time. And I said, it's going to get to a point where somebody is going to look at a season and it's going to, their, their team is four and four, five and three, or whatever, and they're going to say, we don't have a shot at doing anything. We don't have a shot at winning the division, whatever. We're going to go to a lower level bowl game, the whole thing. I'm going to opt out now. And I'm going to. Get ready for the NFL draft. Well, while that hasn't, well, Rashad Bateman essentially did it. This is a COVID year, so Rashad Bateman essentially did that. But we actually just had it happen in college basketball. Jalen Johnson of Duke, who was coming off foot surgery during the offseason, finally got into the lineup, wasn't, wasn't playing well. He was, he was going to be a one-and-done. Okay? First game he played was against Coppin State at 19 points, 19 rebounds, 5 assists, suffered a foot injury, missed three games, came back to the starting lineup, then they start bringing him off the bench the past three games and played a combined 23 minutes the last two games, scored just three points in eight minutes against NC State, and yesterday opted out for the rest of the season to get ready for the NBA draft. This was not easy, but we feel it's best for my future. I have nothing but love for the brotherhood, and I thank my teammates and everyone associated with the program. Duke will always have a special place in my heart and will always be a part of me. There's three weeks to go in the season, Jalen. He's ranked the number six player in the NBA draft, number one small forward. Johnson hasn't played a complete season since his junior year of high school. I told you this was this was a possibility that you're going to start seeing players either not happy about playing time, not happy about something. He's not happy about his playing time. Let's be honest about it. He's not. In other words, the more he plays right now, guess what happens the more he plays? Because he's not playing well. Guess what happens if you're not playing well? Your stock drops. Let's be honest about it. That's why he's opting out. Last three games coming off the bench, he's not playing well. Well, guess what? Every time he plays, he goes down the pole and 
That is... something that we've got to watch going forward, that you may see a couple of football players in the fall looking around saying, uh, I don't think we're going anywhere as a team. i got to look out for me. Basketball, I don't know. It doesn't look like we're going to make the tournament. i got to look out for me. And it's something that all of us are going to have to adjust to, whether we like it, whether we approve of it and think, hey, it's great, good for him, he's doing what's best for him, or there are some people out there looking around saying, I'm sorry, this isn't, this isn't how real life works. Now, some of this is obviously a product of the COVID situation because obviously things have been crazy. I mean, there's no no getting around it. I mean, Bateman opted out, opted back in, season going badly for Minnesota, opted back out again. You know, but that's... You know, it's like you're on the air co-hosting a show one day, and the next day, you know, they give you a corner office. I mean, it's just... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's a different... A little bit different, but, you know. No, i got to do what's best for me. <laughs> exactly the case. That's the only only similarity right there, I guess. <laughs> He's sitting back there throwing things right now. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break. But again, this is not the first. This is the first time we've seen it happen in college hoops. It's not going to be the last. I think as time goes, you're going to see more and more of this. And I think in college football, the door is open that you're going to see some people do it. And what I perceive to be important is not what they perceive to be important. And you know what? Mike Krzyzewski can't do anything except sit there and praise him. You want to know why? Because Mike Krzyzewski has to recruit. He can't be viewed as anti-opportunity for his players. All right. We will come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Uh, let me just check here. Carson Wentz is uh, oh, he's still an eagle. Okay, okay. I feel like we have to do a daily update. Just you know, I'm losing interest on this in this daily update. Honestly, I just want something to be done and move on. 
You're saying I'm doing a boring show? <laughs> it's not necessarily at you. It's just that everybody following this left and right. Hey, I'm just sitting there waiting for white smoke to appear, like uh, you do in Rome. <laughs> it certainly seems that way. <laughs> All right. The... Um, Well, I mentioned the opt-out. We talked about that. And then there was the um, Draymond Green rant against the league. There's an article here. Ranking the 20 most important Red Sox players this season. Let me see if there's a Pirates article. The same thing here. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> na- <laughs> let's name 20 Pirates. Okay, great. <laughs> but how Andre Drummond sat because they they want to trade him. And Green says there's a double standard. And there probably is. Okay? You know, they talk about how Harden gets ripped and, you know, for being a cancer in the team and the whole thing. But you know what? Uh, part of what he says is right. And I agree with. And part of what he says, I'm sorry. But James Harden did everything he could to get out of there, including coming into camp out of shape. If you have a contract, to me, you are obligated to come in in the best shape possible. And if you want to talk to management, I want to trade, I want to trade, I want to trade, there are ways of going about it, but not the way he did it. Um. Green said, he said, we're seeing situations of Harrison Barnes getting pulled off the bench because he's going to get traded. Or Jamarcus Cousins finding out he's traded in an interview. Um, after the All-Star game. And we continue to let this happen. But I got fine for stating my opinion of what I thought should happen with another player. But teams can come out and continue to say, oh, we're trading guys. We're not playing you. And yet you have to stay professional. I'd like to point out, though, that even if they're not playing, you do know they're being paid, right? Just because they're dead, like, like take Andre Drummond. They didn't play him last night. They want to trade him. They've kind of had enough of him. I mean, Andre Drummond's the kind of guy, for the most part, just wants to get his out on the, on the floor. That's always been his rep. But he didn't miss a paycheck last night. Still got paid. He wants to play. Um, at some point as players we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have because as a player you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation but a team can say they're trading you and that man and and that man is to stay in shape he has to stay professional well James Harden didn't that's the problem and if not, his career is on the line. At some point, this league has to protect the players from an embarrassment like that. Well, they're not cutting you. You know what a double standard is? You know what the double standard is? With It's him. He's the example of a double standard. Oh, James Harden can do what he, can do what he wants, but I... It, 
and then and, but I can do what I want then and do things detrimental to the team and goof off off the court, get in trouble with the law, but yet we got to be professional. Like, stop it. Draymond Green, zero credibility. Is it because the Eagles wear green and his last name is Green? <laughs> no, I that, mean, he, he's just—he's been a pain in the butt the to this league for such a long time. Like, enough. His comments in this make zero sense. Because you're right, Steve. What James Harden did, he did everything he can, include put himself out of shape. Horrendously out of shape. Noticeably out of shape to get traded. What Andre, what Andre Drummond is doing, he's just saying, I want out, I'm going to sit, and that's it. He's not making well, no, another peep. That's all. No, no, no. No, the Cavaliers are sitting him. Andre Drummond is not sitting. He was the, the team sat him down. The team sat him out. Even so, you can't compare okay, what that, the Cavs that, are doing to what James Harden's doing, what James Harden did to get to the Nets. I'm so sorry. That's There's no he, comparison. Right, right. So that's what he's saying. He's saying... And he's saying that they're embarrassing him. They're not embarrassing him. They're just going to deal him. He's going to. He's still going to play. He's going to play someplace else. There are only thirty outlets in this this whole thing. And guess what? I didn't even know this was happening until he made these stupid comments. Uh, no, I knew. I knew Drummond was sitting out. I knew uh, Blake Griffin was sitting out too because the Pistons are going to deal him. So I mean, that's I do. I knew that stuff. My point is Draymond Green should clean up his own professional act before he starts mouthing off about others and about the NBA. He speaks highly of you. (laughs) Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. Sales staff that works with you and your budget and a service department that is just super. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. You okay? I'm good. I said I what like I had I, to I say. Feel like, I feel like on this show I get you fired up. and It's, <laughs> it's, oh, it's not you. It's just certain subjects and I, certain people in the sports world. When it all comes, of them love all of them love you. I just don't tolerate stupid. That's all. Then why are you part of this show? <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, but here in State College, they have uh, issued a winter storm watch just now. From late Wednesday night through Friday afternoon. All right, so... That probably would be the case here, but I am going to check. 3 a.m. Thursday to 1 p.m. Friday. 
Uh, Mr. Girardi and I need to have a little talk. He's got he's got to drive up here. So he and I need to have a little talk just to make sure what time he's getting here. Yep, we in, in fact have the same that you have. All right, let's uh, bring in from PenLive.com, Greg Pickle. Greg, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for your time. Welcome. Hey, good afternoon, Steve. Good to be on with you. It's great to have you with us. And we'll start with Tim Banks. Your thoughts on the move to Knoxville to be the defensive coordinator? Yeah, you know, there's a couple of things that come immediately to mind. The first being that this is a guy who's called defenses before and had success at Penn State uh, working under and with Brent Pry for the last handful of seasons. So I don't think it's a shock that, you know, at some point he was going to want to call plays again and be a defensive coordinator again. And, you know, it just so happened to be that whether or not he had opportunities other than this Tennessee one in this coaching cycle, you know, we don't know. But they certainly needed uh, someone to be able to come in who could not only recruit and work, um, you know, in the SEC as a recruiter and a coach, but also, you know, it seemed like they were having a little bit of trouble finding someone to begin with. So, you know, with Tim Banks, you get a guy who's experienced, uh, you know, obviously it's called plays at a number of different schools and put safeties and defensive backs into the NFL at Penn State and helped coordinate some pretty good defenses here, albeit ones that at times had trouble with the pass. But, yeah, all told, I think it makes sense for both sides. And for Penn State, you know, it's another instance of a guy leaving James Franklin staff for a promotion elsewhere. So I think that's obviously a selling point that they can use, too, as they look to find a replacement at, at you know, a time that's not exactly ideal to be looking for another coach, but it's the uh, hand that Penn State's been dealt. And if we know anything about James Franklin, he probably had a plan in place the second he found out right. this was happening. Exactly. Uh, this staff has a lot of really good recruiters on it. What kind of recruiter was Tim Banks, in your opinion? Well, I just I think you just have to take a look at what he was able to do in the Midwest and specifically Michigan, of course, where he's from. Yes. I mean, he, he developed very good inroads there that Penn State will still be able to capitalize, albeit not as easily as when he was here. But, you know, he really put, and uh, you know, with the help of some guys also from Michigan, you know, you think back to certainly impacts were made by what Allen Robinson did at Penn State, K.J. Hamler to an extent, uh, Anthony Zettel, you know, there's some others too that came to Penn State from Michigan and showed kids there of all ages that Penn State was a place you could go to and have success. So certainly he's opened up doorways there for them that now whoever takes over that territory on James Franklin's staff is going to have to try and, you know, not, I don't want to say win back those kids and those coaches, but, you know, they all knew Banks very well. They trusted Banks and we know that multiple members of a staff recruit players all over yes. the country so we know that other members of the staff were in touch with guys out there but still not always the same right off the bat so you know they'll have some work to do there but he was a good recruiter he got some good players especially this past year in from michigan and from the midwest and now i'm sure he'll try and target some of these guys down in tennessee too while you know working with air and what the new coach and staff have um you know bring to the table as well so uh, certainly a guy who they'll miss, but, you know, at the same time, obviously, again, the fact that they have so many guys recruiting kids at one time helps when these things happen. All right. So uh, the dead period extended as well. Uh, how frustrating is this getting for uh, all sides that you just can't, it, that it has to continue this way? And what has it meant for verbal commitments? 
Yeah, I mean, I think obviously all sides of the equation are pretty frustrated with it at this point. You know, the coaches, I'm sure, want to have kids back on campus, especially at a place like Penn State. You know, at the same time, I don't know if they're as heartbroken about it um, because now they can focus fully on spring practice and, you know, it's not like they're going to completely stop recruiting, but you won't have kids on campus during that very important development time. So, you know, I'm sure they're bummed, but maybe not totally heartbroken about it. The prospects, on the other hand, I'm sure are looking at this and saying, you know, as sophomores last year, we weren't able to go visit anywhere for the most part. And we had a very short window to do that. Obviously they lost most of last year as did the class of 2021. And I think that, you know, these kids and families probably assume that by spring of this year that they have a chance to, um, you know, go see some stuff and go take a look at, um, you know, go take a look at different campuses during spring practice or spring games. And that doesn't appear like it's going to be the case. So I'm sure they're very frustrated at this point. And, you know, whether it's, you know, now it sounds like Memorial Day could be the time when, visits are allowed again and will that mean that the annual july dead period is knocked out you know we'll see but it's going to get frantic for sure um whenever that happens you know and i think a lot of kids will wait to commit now obviously penn state has seven already but i just wonder how many kids are going to want to you know one of two things are going to happen either we'll see what happened last year when all the visits were canceled and we saw one of the greatest uh, recruiting commitment surges that you know anyone's ever seen between the you know the time of the shutdown and the start of summer or it'll be the opposite and guys will really slow down and say i'm not committing anywhere until i can take my visit so it'll be one or the other for sure and the clicker the ncaa can get all that figured out and obviously the member schools will be driving that decision the better because that way everyone can start planning for what's to come down the road yeah, we've talked about the average star ranking of the Penn State class, which is comparable to recent classes. Uh, you know, and when you have 16, you're not going to rack up the points along the way that get, get you into a top 10 because you only have 16 recruits. How do you start? How do you start looking at classes, Greg? When you then factor in now um, uh, transfers. Because now they they become part of that new group as well. Do you have to do we have to start looking at at this in a different way than we have in the past? Yeah, I think to an extent that's certainly a part of the conversation now. And the biggest factor is if you've missed at a position, did you find a way to overcome that miss or fill that hole through the transfer portal? So running back, I think, is a great example. You know, Penn State did not sign a running back in the class, the last class that just signed. They had one look at it with Deshaun Morrell late in the process, and he ended up recommitting to UCLA. So you look at it and say, ah, you know, they maybe didn't need a running back. Perhaps they need two in this class now that currently is, is rolling along. But you know what? They go and get John Levitt. They get a veteran guy to come in. He has something he wants to prove during his last season. Obviously, Penn State's returning running backs all one of five for the starting role. And so you didn't get a guy who has, you know, multiple years of eligibility left, but you did get a guy who comes in and gives you something you can work with right out of the shoot from day one, be that as a starter or the number two guy, the number three guy, a special teamer, a returner, returner, you know, whatever role he ends up earning. And so, you know, you look at it and say, well, Penn State didn't get any high school kid in this class, but did they fill their need this year at running back? And I'd be hard-pressed to say that the answer isn't yes. So, yeah, I do think that 
there will certainly be times when you can look at a hole or look at a problem area in a recruiting class and then look at the transfer situation and say, yeah, maybe they didn't do so bad there. But at the same time, you know, there are also instances where a position of need is a position of need. And if you don't fill it, you don't fill it. Or if you only fill it with one or two guys, um, then obviously, you know, it is not helpful necessarily for down the road unless you overcommit to it in the next cycle or next two cycles. So, yeah, it'll play a role for absolutely, Steve. All right, so now let's let's take it a step further. You've looked at Penn State's recruiting class, which we've discussed. So let's keep it on the transfer part. Do you feel Penn State truly helped itself with the transfers they brought in? Yeah, it's hard to look at it any other way. I mean, when you look at the yep. the guys who are already on campus, plus Eric Wilson, the Harvard yeah. uh, 2019 second team All Ivy League pick, who we, they are expecting he'll be on campus later this year. Um, yeah, it's hard to see otherwise. I mean, I think with Derek Tangelo, the tackle, and uh, Arnold Abiketti, the end, you have two guys who come in and have every reason to be starters from the first year that they are on campus. Obviously, Lovett has been very good uh, at times over the course of his Baylor career. And there's still reason to think he can't factor in right away. And with John Dixon, you add numbers in your corner room that could allow you to move a corner to safety or do some other different things back there so they didn't get you know when they had a guy out of the portal in the past outside of maybe of jordan stout you know you couldn't really it would be you'd be really hard pressed to try and convince somebody that the guys that they brought in could absolutely shoot from surefire be starters the first year they're on campus right stout obviously the longer the long exception now you have four guys at least and maybe five who you feel pretty good about at minimum being a rotation guy on Saturday and not just any Saturday, but that first Saturday you head to Wisconsin. So yeah, there's really no other way to look at it that, that, you know, beyond the one that says they helped themselves pretty well so far. And there's obviously going to be more opportunities both to have guys come in maybe after spring practice and you could lose some guys too. So the book's not shut on that evaluation just yet, but I, it again, so far so good. Not sure if I asked you about Mike Yurcich yet. Uh, so what were your thoughts on that, and what is the indication you're getting from recruits that you talked to about the hire? Yeah, I mean, the one that I think you know, most people have heard from from this point spoke Pabula, who kind of from down our way, a little bit further south, but Central York quarterback, Penn State commit, and a guy who has been in this class for quite a while, and he seems to have a good working relationship with your assistant. The offensive players in this class seem excited about the system he brings to town. So now it's about seeing it in action, right? So I think we all know that it, he can recruit and he can develop quarterbacks and he can put an offense on the field that puts up a lot of points and puts up a lot of yards and keeps your defense off the field by at times going through a lot of plays. and He can speed it up too. So, I mean, all the boxes are checked. And I think, you know, I probably have a similar viewpoint to many, which is that you want to just want to see it at this point. I mean, yeah. we could have sang all the praises of Kirk Scirocco's offense last year too. And there were times that, that what he did at Minnesota and what he did at Penn State looked the same. And you could see kind of where the idea was. And then there were times where it maybe wasn't as clear. So I think a lot of people who follow this team, either for work or for pleasure or whatever, uh, they're excited about what you can see from Yersich's past. But Obviously, we won't know as much about it as we could until we see it on the field uh, in the fall. Greg, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time as always. Always a pleasure, Steve. Talk to you guys soon.
This winter has been brutal, but at least I can still get around. Whew, in my new all-wheel drive Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. Sunbury Motors Kia makes getting around easy with the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Kia Serrano. You'll love the new look inside and out. Sunbury Motors Kia has six in stock with 1.9% financing for up to 66 months. 2021 Kia Serrano's start at 31490 That's not the only all-wheel drive Sunbury Motors Kia has to help you get around. The 2021 Kia Sportage is ready for winter adventures and starts at 23464 And there's 23 to choose from. Also, check out the 2021 all-wheel drive Seltos and K5. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Let the adventure begin at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Financing through KMF. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday. I begged Matt to get therapy. Uh, it's. I have been for the first subject, but the second subject's whatever. It's just a one-time <laughs> thing, and what? And we move on. I, I just, I, I'm getting concerned about you. That's all. It's, <laughs> you know, every time I bring up the Eagles, you just go off the edge. I mean, Draymond Green's a different topic. Yeah, exactly. You know. I, I said what I said about him, and now we move on. But when it comes to the Eagles, I mean, well, there there is an edge there. Yeah, I mean, imagine, I mean, watch when the Yankees start tanking, and they will. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be in a world of hurt. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Uh, again, to me, it's a, a big story. Uh, you know, Jalen Johnson, I think, is symbolic of what we might see in the future. And it's something that I warned you about for people who listen to the show all the time. And I brought this up, let me bring this up, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. I said, there's going to be somebody in college football. Now, this season was an unusual one. But the season isn't going well for the team or they're not having a great season where they feel like they're hurting their draft prospects and they're going to opt out in the middle of the season. Teams 5 and 3, 4 and 4, whatever, uh, you know. And they I'm going to get ready for the NFL draft. Jalen Johnson just did that with Duke. Yeah, he's coming off an injury, but guess what? He's been playing. This guy's not playing. Guess what? He has been playing. And he was starting and not playing well. So then they started bringing him off the bench, and his minutes started to diminish. And guess what? That also meant as time was going, guess what was going on? Every time that happened, his draft stock went down. Like, uh uh-oh, Houston, we've got a problem. And that, and he opted out. Now, everybody has to say, oh, it was great, you know, okay, good luck to him. Everybody feels like they have to say that. But the reason reason he opted out is simple, okay? 
When it comes to the draft board, he's not moving up. So he took care of himself. He opted out. The NBA has, at some point, the um, the basic agreement is going to be up. I think it's up at the end of next season. And part of what they'll do in the negotiation is going to be, what do you do with the one and done? The one and done is not a college rule. The one and done is an NBA rule. That you must be in uh, out of high school. I didn't say I didn't say you had to go to college because Lamelo Ball didn't go to college. They're not saying that you have to do that. You you have to be out of high school one year. And you have to be nineteen years of age by a certain date. I don't recall what the date is to be honest with you. And are they just going to go back to the, okay, Kobe, LeBron, Kevin Garnett? Are they going to go back in that direction where they let high school players go directly from high school to the NBA? And to be honest with you, I thought that when they originally put the one and done in I thought that was good for both college basketball and the player because the player can then really see where they were in the pecking order And they can make a better, more informed decision about the draft. Well, that hasn't, that's not how it's worked out. I wasn't right about that. Now, I should have been right about it. But that's not how it worked out. So now you have to sit back and you have to say, all right, what's best? I said, the heck with it. You want to you go from high school to the NBA? That's fine. That's your decision. You, that's how you want to run your life? I mean, the vast majority are not going to make it. But that's their decision. That's why they created the G League. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf.